On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we interview Atalon, one of our favorite traders who has turned 60,000 into 10,000 and then turned that 10,000 into multi millions in just over a year. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders. They're prodigies, and then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. by the fucking dick. Hey, who told me about Idex? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a lot more money than me on my trade. You find out, likes this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies. 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 The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. And they out here making money right now off of penny stocks. The two guys is putting their work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big. Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity at Dukes, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. Welcome back to another Pennies Going In Raw. Today is Wednesday, March the 10th. And today's episode of Pennies Going In Raw is brought to you by Benzinga. We use Benzinga every day when we trade. It has the absolute best news scanners, charts, chat rooms. It has everything you need every day when you trade. Make sure to get it as two weeks free that you can use today at pro.benzinga.com. But that's not all they have. Their YouTube channel every single day, Monday through Friday. Live, damn near all day. YouTube.com forward slash Benzinga has hot stocks Luke on it and tons of guests ranging from me and Hugh Henney to Mia Khalifa to the CEO of Weeble. They go all out and it's awesome. Make sure to check it out. That's YouTube.com forward slash Benzinga. And today we have on very first female guest on Penny's Going and Raw. Big progressive moment for us. Not only is she a successful trader, but renowned scientist, Adelon from Atlas. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Thank you for uh, joining us. Of course. It's an honor. So I guess we always kind of start these things with how you started and then how you kind of navigated to becoming successful in that initial transition and like aha moment. Yes. So I kind of got into trading. I had... I knew nothing about trading. I just saw like the Robin Hood commercials and I had some money that I had saved. Um, and I thought, okay, it might be cool to try to invest, you know? So I put uh, basically all my savings into Robin Hood and it started, I didn't even know that FinTweet existed or anything. And, you know, I, I was just following like big companies, Tesla. And you put your whole savings in just to clarify. Yes. Into Robin Hood. Wow. Balls. <laughs> I know. I said I'm a very risk-adverse trader. Um, I wasn't. I became a very risk-adverse trader. Um, so I put it all in. This was like around September of 2019. Uh, and, and I had played around a little bit after I put all my money in there with like Tesla and Apple. And, you know, these things move so little that I didn't feel I was making enough money and I'm not patient enough. And so somehow I discovered the small cap biotech because I work in, in, in a hospital, so I, I'm familiar with like smaller companies. So I started thinking about what companies I knew about. And then I started randomly just buying their, their, their stock. And 
a lot of them, I just started losing money. I, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so then I somehow discovered Fintuit. And then, you know, I, I realized that you can follow like different, not follow, but you can find like the different. Different uh, share ideas and, and everything. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so from there, I kept seeing people, you know, calling things and I would get into these things and I was chasing because it was too late. You know, I was doing it on my mobile while, like, while, while I was walking to the subway or, or whatever. So it was always too late. Uh, so I always bought at the top and would lose money. So in a matter of weeks, my whole savings, which was um, around 50000 became 20000 Oh, wow. Yeah, I lost a lot of money. Um, and I started freaking out because it was like my whole savings. I was married. I just had a new baby. My husband had no idea this was happening. Um, oh no! <laughs> and 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 in one of you know following these things, somehow I found uh, Zach Morris, and I remember it was when um, SES was on a, this five hundred percent run. So I put a lot of my money in there, and, like I made a lot of money. So it became exciting again. Um, so then there was like huge BNGO run, and you know I started kind of making my money back. And it felt good, but then I was still new. So I had no idea what offerings meant or anything. So one day after I put a lot of my money on BNGO, it was hit with an offer midday. So I lost again, like $6,000, just like that. These little things is the, the, the little things that made me, okay, I need to figure out how I'm going to do this because I can't be caught on the offerings and all these things. So um, that's about when I joined Atlas, because when I saw SAC, I didn't, immediately joined Atlas. So after a little bit, I joined Atlas and actually incredible Bob became the person that kind of was a guiding light because he started talking about how to read filings and, and, and all these small things. So following Bob, I, um, and, and his swings, I started building up my account again. I became this pop seller because I was still going to work. Um, and, you know, I only had time to trade like on breaks or, you know, when things were slow. So I would enter a swing and then sell on the first pop. I didn't care if it kept going. So it was low, you know, little by little, I built up my account again from that twenty thousand uh, to like thirty-seven thousand, and this was around March. What, then, at what point did you realize you had to have a different strategy due to your work schedule? And how did you kind of develop that? You you said you kind of became a pop seller. Yes, uh, because I I would see that you know if I would buy something. Because when somebody calls something, there's always that first pop, right? Right. And then it, 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 it pulls back. And then it might continue if there's enough momentum. But it might not, too, especially if there are swings. So I realized that, you know, I had to enter the swing and sell that first pop because I didn't know when it was going to come back up and if I was going to be available to sell. Like looking at the chart all day, I'd be able yeah. to sell on another pop. So that, that's how I did it. Um, anything that, you know. So you're just selling any pops you you found due to just random swings and stuff? Yes, like okay. 5%, 2%, you know, I would take them and walk away. So Okay, so then then you get your account back to around 35,000 after the crazy dip. You're still down almost half your account, yes. but you're getting some confidence. How how do yes. you kind of transition that? Well, that's that was in March and then COVID hit. And then one day on that Friday well, that, 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 that whole week before that, you know, the lowest of, of the market, yeah. uh, in, in those last two days, I lost from 37 back to 11,000. So it was so demoralizing. And what happened was I was just chasing anything and everything, you know, and that's why 
um, I was telling people on Twitter, like when the market is down, don't try to make back the money you had by chasing everything that gets called because you're going to get caught. Things were bouncing back when, when they hit the lowest, but it was a very fast bounce back and then they would go back down again. So I, I lost 11,000, you know, I lost it back down yeah. to 11,000 and I freaked. Like I had no idea what I was going to do. I had to shut up my phone. I had to walk away because I had no idea what, what I was going to do. I thought it was unrecoverable. Like all my savings, they were done. Um, and then I just remembered that a few days before NLTX had gone from like $4 to $12. And it was trading back to six. So I said, okay, if this thing was trading, had so much momentum before the fall, it's not because of something fundamentally wrong with the company. It's the market that killed it. Its value should still be higher than what it is right now. So I just put all my money on it. And it was like about $6. And in a matter of two days, that stock bounced back to 12 So I got really lucky. What, what's super funny, I think, hearing your story is knowing how fundamentally you trade now and also how much risk management you use. And back then you were just throwing your whole account in stocks because they were down a little bit because the market was down. Yes. Uh, so, but I, I was kind of desperate, you know, yeah. but while it was kind of a very risky move at the same time, I had to think about it because I went through a lot of stocks and think about, okay, where can I put my money to try to make some back? And that's when I realized, okay, you know, there's a difference between a stock going down because of an offering or because the company sucks or because the market just pulled it down. Right. So, and that's what I realized with NLTX. I knew the company personally as well because I had worked with them and I knew a lot about their compound. So I knew it was a solid company. So even if it wasn't going to make my money back like in two days, eventually I was going to get it back. So that's what I put it in there. But I think that was key to understand the difference between a market pullback and a fundamental pullback. So that was very helpful in moving forward with trading as well. And and where is your mentality at the point where you, it seems like you're starting to kind of get your groove at this point. You're starting to make moves that aren't just, like you, you're getting a strategy over time. Where is your mentality now that your savings is just dwindled down so much, but it's just kind of fluctuating? After I learned that lesson of losing all my money, I thought, okay, I have to learn a little bit about charting because I can't just go blind. This is the thing I had gone the past four months, five months, not knowing really much about charts. I don't think I could even really properly identify a resistance or, or, or support point. So after that, I started realizing, okay, I need to start looking before I enter a trade, at least where the support is and where is the resistance so that I can sell that first spot because it's always going to go to that first resistance point. So that, yeah, that's when I started reevaluating re and, and thinking that I need to look more into at least the basics of chart, charting. So this is, this is in around March of last year. And since then, you've just been on fire. It feels like, you know, you've hit the million dollar mark, uh, multi-million. Are you working right now? Or how are you managing that? Wow. Okay. So that's awesome. So we have tons of people that work. How can they get to the level that you're at or even a third or even a tenth of where you're at? Right. So I have right now, because of COVID, I have, you know, and I work in a hospital, so they send us all to work home. So that helped a lot. So transitioning from mobile trading. So I made my first $100,000 just on mobile. 
Um, and then, but transitioning to the computer, it actually helped a lot because now I can look at the charts and I can actually have my work computer also open and do both at the same time. Uh, but it still requires like a lot of organization because, uh, you know, I have like, I have to stop trading when I have calls for work, like completely. So when that's going to happen, I try to cut down my swings uh, or, or, you know, day trades so that I'm not get caught on like on a night. It doesn't matter if I move if I'm if I miss a move because I prefer to miss some profit than to lose money I actually have. I organize it. I wake up like at 5 a.m., get my son ready to daycare. Um, and then in between I answer emails for work until seven. No, sorry, until 9:30 when the market opens. Um, so that's kind of like the window where I take care of a lot of the uh, work projects and then at night after the market closes. Um, and then these times when the market's slow, you know, I keep my swings. I've been trying to keep the swings very minimal. And since it's slow, I can actually pay a lot of attention, a lot more attention to my job. Uh, but yeah, it's a juggling of finding the, the, the right time where I can look at the charts. You know, it's very busy from 930 to like 1130. And then there's a slowdown at lunch. So at lunch, I also focus like on answering emails for work and everything. And then, you know, going back to like two to four, it starts ramping up again. So it's just a matter of finding, of working with the market kind of. When, when COVID is, you know, potentially done with, or when it's safe for you to return to work, will you be returning to work or will you be t- turning in your two weeks? Um, I actually really like my job. Yeah. So I don't want to stop going to my job. Uh, so the plan, actually, in reality, the dream is I want to make the money so that my sister can retire. And then um, she can take up on the trading because she actually doesn't like her job. Wow. Um, that is that is a that's very awesome. honorable goal that yeah. you're doing. You're not, I mean, you're so good at trading, but you're also so good at, I mean, I assume so good at your job, too, for, for you to just be so passionate about it. What was kind of the main transition from you just being another COVID bounce trader to being like this, you know, all this bio, obviously you combine stuff that you knew from your job and then incorporated it in. But over time, like how did you learn exactly how to perfect your trading style while working? So a lot of, what helped me is I have a really good memory. Um, so when the market's hot and everything's going crazy, I just remember what is uh, the sympathy or what are the sympathies. Yeah. So I get in on them before anybody mentions them. And it's possible they never pop uh, and that's okay. I don't lose money, you know, because I go in low enough. But if they pop because somebody remembers, oh, you know, um, I don't know, for GLSI, for example, yesterday was running. I remember, okay, SLS is the sympathy. So I got into LS, SLS really low. I think it's about an eight. Um, it went to nine. I sold like at like 850. I didn't care if it went to nine. I already made my money. That's kind of how I was able to make actually a large amount of my money. Just remember the sympathies and getting on them before people started chasing them. What do you think is one thing that is someone with a full-time job that's trading maybe trying to do now that there's just no way they can do or that you've noticed that is just way too difficult to do while working a full-time job and trading? 
definitely like the momentum trading that happens. So, so because, you know, usually when you're at work, you're like trading from your phone. So if you're looking at Atlas and somebody makes a call, you know, let's say PJ says, I'm getting into this. It spikes so hard because there's so many people at Atlas and just in general that by the time you go to your broker in your phone and put in your order, it's already up. So you're just chasing. Yeah. Because, and, and I made those mistakes. You know, that's how I lost a lot of my money. So avoiding that, I think, is key. So it's being patient. Yes, PJ calls something or Twitter calls something. It's exciting. You want to get on that, you know, on the run. But wait. Yeah. I more think... than likely, five minutes later, there's a pullback to, yeah. you know, where they called it and you can enter and just wait. Sometimes even lower. I, yeah. A lot of the times even lower. Yeah, I think that that's where a lot of the difficulty with people, entries and everything. And I think when you have a job, you should be able to take advantage. Like if you're seeing all these alerts, not right as they come out and you can't get these crazy momentum scalps or whatever, I think it's beneficial to see why they're joining them. If you have a job, you're not seeing them for five minutes after. They usually post reasons if it's not like just a momentum stock. Exactly. And, and, and a lot of the people, you know, on Twitter and, and on Discord, they mention whether it's a swing or not. So that helps also. If they mention it's a swing, just wait. You're going to find an entry. And if it doesn't, whatever, there's another play, you know? Yeah. Um, it's always going to be there. So you talked a lot about risk management. How do you handle risk management, not only because of work, but just in general, when you're handing your, handling your portfolio, do you go heavier on swings that you feel are undervalued or are you just sprinkling a little bit of money everywhere and selling those pops so that you're almost always selling on green? Um, I think it depends on the market. Like right now, I only have maybe like three swings. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Thistle, DRC. Um, and Fubo. Uh, so, and, and I'm keeping it at those levels because the market is just not a swingers market. But yeah. when it was hot, I could have like easily 15 swings at the same time. You know, I would just enter slowly and then sell on the pops. Like, I don't care. I just sell on the pops. Yeah. And I think that was one of the hardest things to, to master. Honestly, the two moves that hurt me were, were SNDL and AMC because I could have made millions on them. But ultimately... Wow. You know, it could have also gone wrong and I could have lost half my account on them. So that's, that's usually what I think about. And that's kind of how I manage the risk. And also, I, I look at it from this, this perspective. So let's say I enter a position, right? And, you know, let's say I ended up with like $1,000. If it goes down $100, I start panicking because $100 is a lot of money to see red. Yeah. Yeah. But if it goes up $100, like, I feel it's not enough. And, and, and that bothers me. So I, I try to remember that if I were to see my account down $100, would I freak out? Yes. So that means $100 is enough if this thing is not moving. So I'm just going to take my 100 bucks. Yeah. We always talk about how important the mentality is. And I think just like knowing what you can lose or what you can get before you get in. I, Ripster mentioned it. And uh, it, yeah. that's so important. And, 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 I, and to me, is whatever, I'm, whatever amount, it makes you freak out that you're losing then that amount is good enough to take profit. So, you know, just take the profit. If the momentum is not there and things are dying, just take your profit. I like that a lot. If I like that a lot. If you would freak out losing it, take the profit. I like that. Yeah. That is awesome. That's helped me a lot. Yeah. Uh, And, and, you know, eventually five of those $100 pops become 500. So So you mentioned you 
like one of the main things you realize you kind of need to learn whenever you were uh, first starting and working and all that was charting. Could you kind of go over what you went over to learn charting and then what do you exactly look for in a chart that's like, okay, I can, you know, this is a good ad position for what I'm doing. And also, I guess to follow up that, do you use alerts or just like sell limits or how, how do you manage things that could potentially pop at work? Um, I don't use alerts. I just kind of, I can keep yeah. my phone open next to me and see, kind of monitor the prices. And if there's a price I like, I just sell or open mm -hmm. the chart really quickly and see if it's moving, you know, if there's momentum and I can wait a little bit longer. Uh, if it's just like a quick pop, I'll just sell it. You know, if I don't feel like babysitting. Yeah. Then for charting, to be honest, I've, I've never read a single book on trading. Mm -hmm. um, but this is because, and it's funny because I actually realized this after I talked to my sister because my, my sister mentioned she wanted to get into trading. So I said, okay. So she said, teach me. And I said, I don't know how to teach you. Um, okay. Are there any books I can read? And I said, I don't know. I haven't read any books. But I sent her, you know, the educational stuff that's in Atlas and all that. And she started reading. And, and it makes sense to her when she reads. I try reading and it doesn't make sense to me. So my learning style is do it. Doing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sister's style is if she reads it and you put her in front of the computer, she's going to know what to do because she read it. But she doesn't absorb it as she does it. So I think that's also important. You know, for people that are trying to get into this and have a, a specific way of learning, they need to identify that so they can, you know, follow that. I'm sure there's a lot of people that maybe are reading a thousand books and they just can't get it. It might be because you need to get into it and immerse yourself. So for charting, you know, I honestly, I, I try to identify on the daily what the support and the resistance are. If it's a swing, I'm just going to try to get it as close as possible on the daily and then look at the next resistance. And, you know, if it goes to there, I'll, I'll fail on the pop. What do you kind of think is the difference in you and one of the other traders that started trading around the same time that won't make it as the market slows down? Um, maybe one of the things is that I lost a lot of money. Yeah. You know, ultimately, <laughs> I went from like 60000 to like 11000 So that taught me that I never want to be there. But along the way, there was something that I realized that was really ruining my psyche. So when I was back to the first time when I lost those 60,000 to 20,000, I had this idea that if I just made the 60,000 back, everything was going to be fine. But if I just went back to that magical number, which was the 60,000, everything was going to be fine. Yeah. A lot of people have that magic number and they think it's yeah. 25,000. They just think they hit 25,000. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And then I went, you know, when I lost everything, you know, I kept thinking, okay, if I go back to that 37,000, I'm going to be fine. Everything's fine. So you build your account or you start trading with a certain number and let's say you reach a high and then you lose like 50% of your portfolio. All of a sudden, you become obsessed with this all-time high you had in your account. That's all you want. And, you know, you don't put into perspective that it took you maybe five months to build that number or even a month to build that number. You want it back today. And that's the magical number. Uh, so... Along the way, I realized I needed to forget that magical number because every trade was focused, was made thinking that I had to get back that number. How long it did it matter. take you to get back to 60,000? Just so everyone knows like how long it can take. Well, after that market slump and I put everything on NLTX, NLTX yeah. doubled like, within a couple of days. So 
you know, after that, maybe it took me like two, three weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just well, because the market was hot. Just so hot, back up, right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then when September came, I lost yeah, half of my account. You know, yeah. I built it up to like 400. And then all of a sudden, at the end of October, I was back to 200,000. And I said, I'm never going to do this again. I'm, you know, once the market slows down, I'm cutting everything. And I, well, guess what? I'm still making the same mistakes now that the market's slow. <laughs> you improved a little bit, you know. Uh, that, that's you identify it. Yeah, yeah. Like the thing was, I, I mentioned it a couple of times is <clears throat> August and September of last year was enough for me to be like, okay, if it starts, there were so many weeks in August and September on a Monday, I said, I should just sell it all right now. Uh, you know, how much lower could it go? Well, exactly. it could have certainly gone a lot lower. And I just look back at the end of the week and be like, damn, that $10,000 would have been a lot of pair of shoes or something. So, yeah. So, so I still make the same mistakes, but I'm slowly learning, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's key, identifying what, what the weak points are when you face a slow market that caused you to lose a lot of money. Yeah, I think we talked about it yesterday inside the comments of something about, um, you know, I think at this point it's about identifying it. I mean, I'm still, as you said, make the same mistakes, but identifying it has definitely helped me, you know, immensely. Um, and, and I mean, even when... I mean, I still take 10, 15% portfolio crisis uh, at least twice a year. Um, but can you kind of go into how you think everything is going to change? Um, you know, let's say in, in the next six months, do you think personally that things are going to slow down? Or do you think that, that the, and when I say things, I mean, do you think that the market's going to pull back? Or do you think, you know, we'll be laughing at 500 and Tesla's at like, you know, 1400 or whatever everything's gonna be all honky dory yeah <laughs> uh, so my sister works in finance so i a lot of times i ask her about these and she says you know she comes to me one day oh at my job they said um end of year spy to 430 and then the next day she goes oh they fixed it now end of year is 410 um so i I don't think that even, you know, the experts know exactly where it's going to go, what's going to happen. And with the re I mean, I would guess that with the reopening, you know, the economy is eventually going to pull up. Maybe the market for the retailer will change because I feel that a lot of people that are not working right now that became retail traders are going to go back to work. Yeah. So there might be a little bit less volume. So well, we might not see this, you know, buy high, sell higher yeah. as much. Well, listen, if your sister starts to... uh if they start to nail the uh, head on the head of the donkey or whatever on the price targets, what the fuck? Nailed. What? <laughs> no, I mean you're just saying you're you're keep it going. Your idiom was right. You're good. Oh yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The head on the donkey. The head yeah, on the donkey hit, about the price hit the targets. Nail on the donkey about the price targets. Right. That's yeah. What they say that's what they all say. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to ask. Adam on sister is they. Is what I've heard from. Oh, <laughs> that's what I've heard is. Oh man! Yeah. So she doesn't so, even want to be a day. She wants yeah, to. Yeah. How quit. how did you get so much better? Like you're a lot better than your sister, and your sister's in finance. How'd that work out? Well, um, because my sister, my sister, my sister is actually kind of a broker, but she works more with bonds in oh, that okay. side of it. Um, she doesn't really do the charting. She just you know basically handle handles a lot of money for her clients. <laughs> All right. Well, Hugh, do you have anything else? I think uh, that's about all I have. I think everyone in Atlas looks up to you. You you give us younger guys 
a kick in the ass when we need it and, you know, and, and a lifting spirit when, when we need it. And I think that all of us on the trading floor each have one thing that like we're so passionate about um, talking about. Is there anything that if you could just preach for like, you know, one minute uh, to new traders, to any trader, what would it be? Um, I think you'll be, I'll go back to forget that magical number because it's just going to fuck you up. <laughs> if you lose, especially right now, if you have lost, all the thing, all the money you've earned from January and February, forget about what number you had. It doesn't matter. It's gone. It never existed. So keep go back to grinding and focus on just you know making the money. Don't focus on getting back to that number because if you get back to the number, you're gonna get more greedy and you're gonna want more and you're gonna keep making the same mistakes. So that's the bigger thing. Uh, just forget about that magical number. And you know it is possible to build it back up even if you you know, hold yourself back from crying because you only have $11,000 left, you know, it, it, it will get back up. You just have to be patient. I love that. That's awesome. And, and like I said, I mentioned <laughs> earlier, I love that, um, that saying, if you would cry about losing it, take the profit. I yes. think that that's awesome. Yeah, that's the other thing that helped me a lot. So. All right. Well, we are so thankful you joined us and we'll be dropping this on Wednesday. So thanks again. Uh, you're an inspiration to us all and congratulations on all of your recent success. Thank you for having me. And I admire you guys. I remember seeing you. Uh, I tell Dan this all the time. I just remember seeing him with this really silly 10 minute videos. And I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, these guys just clowning around and, but it's admirable what you guys have achieved, really. You have become these force and you go on Benzinga and all these places. So please, when you become the next Kramer, don't forget <laughs> about us, the little people. We will never forget about episode 31.5, Adeline. So thanks again for joining. And <laughs> Thank uh, you. take care. Have a good trading day. You too. All right. All right, guys, that's it for Pennies Going and Raw this episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. If you guys did enjoy this or any of our other episodes, please give us those five stars. It helps us out a lot. Our next goal is to get 5,000 reviews. Isn't that crazy? I feel like we were just at 500. So thank you guys. Like, comment, tell us what you didn't like, and uh, tell us how we can make this better or what you loved. Thank you guys. See you next week.